Chapter Ten of Craddock Noel, Volume Three, by Richard Doddridge Blackmore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Ten. Not another minute to lose, and the sale again deferred. All the lots marked, and the handbills out, and the particulars and conditions ready, and then some paltry pettifogging, and another fortnight will be required to do justice to my interests justice to my interests how they do love round-mouthed rubbish the only justice to me is from a legal point of view to string me up and then quickline me and the only justice to my interests is to rob my children because i have robbed them already robbed them of their birth and name their power to look men in the face their chance of being allowed to do what god seems chiefly to want us for to marry and have children who may be worse than we are though thank him mine are not rob them even of their chance to be met as christians though i have increased their right to it in this wretched money-seeking servile and contemptuous age but who am i to find fault with any after all my wasted life a life which might in its little way have told upon the people around me and moved if not improved them which might at least have set them thinking doubting and believing Oh, the loss of energy, the loss of self-reliance, and the awful load of fear and anguish, I, who might have been so different. Pearl is at the window there. I know quite well who loves her, an honest, upright, hearty man, with a true respect for women. But will he look at her when he knows? Oh, God, my God, forsake me, but not my children. Bob, what are you at with those cabbages? why they are clubbed don't you see father beautifully clubbed already and the leaves flag directly the sun shines and i want to know whether it is the lava of a curculio or anthomia brassico and i can't tell without pulling the plants up and they can't come to any good you know with all this ambury in them i know nothing of the sort bob i know nothing at all about it go into the house to your sister i can't bear the sight of you now bob without a single word did as he was told he knew that his father loved him though he could not guess the depth of that love being himself so different and so he never took offence at his father's odd ways to him but thought better luck next time the governor has got red spider this morning and he won't be all right till dinner time bull garnet smiled at his son's obedience with a mighty fount of pride in him and then he sighed because bob was gone and he never could have enough of him for the little time remaining he loved his son with a love surpassing that of woman or that of man for woman men would call him a fool for it but god knows how he has made us thinking none of this but fretting over fierce heart troubles which now began to be too many even for his power of life as a hundred wolves kill a lion he turned again down the espalier walk where the apple-trees were in blossom pinky shells spread to the sun with a little close tuft in the middle some striped some patched some pinched with white some streaking as the fruit would be and glancing every gloss of blush no two of them were quite alike any more than two of us are yet the bees knew every one among the countless multitude and never took the wrong one even the angels know which of us belongs to them and who wants visitation bull garnet casting to and fro and taking heed of nothing not even of the weeds 
which once could not have lived before his eyes began again in a vague loose manner the weakness of which would have angered him if he had been introspective to drone about the law's delays and the folly of institution he stood at last by his wicket-gate where the hedge of irish yew was and there carried on his grumbling lawyers indeed and cannot manage a simple thing of that sort thank god i know nothing of law excuse me mr garnet is it possible that you may want to know something of law shortly by what right sir dare you break in upon my privacy like this pale as he was and scorning himself for the way in which his blood shrank back bull garnet was far too strong and quick ever to be dumbfoundered chope looked at him with some admiration breaking through the triumph of his small comprehensive eyes excuse me mr garnet i forgot that a public man like you must have his private moments even at his own gate i am sorry to see you so hot my dear sir though i have heard that it is your character that sort of thing leads to evil results and many deplorable consequences but i did not mean to be rude to you or to disturb you so strangely you have not disturbed me at all sir i am truly happy to hear it all i meant as to knowledge of the law was to give you notice that there is some heavy trouble brewing and that you must be prepared to meet some horrible accusations may i trespass further upon your kindness to ask what their subject is oh nothing more than a very rash and unfounded charge of murder mr chope pronounced that last awful word in a deep sepulchral manner and riveted his little eyes into bull garnet's great ones mr garnet met his gaze as calmly as he would meet the sad clouded aspect of a dead rabbit or hare in a shop where he asked the price of them and regarded their eyes as the test of their freshness chope could not tell what to make of it the thing was beyond his experience but all this time bull garnet felt that every minute was costing him a year of his natural life even if he ever got any chance of living it out how does this concern me is it any one on our estates yes and the heir to your estates young mr craddock nowell bull garnet sighed very heavily then he strode away and came back again with indignation swelling out the volume of his breast and filling the deep dark channels of brow and the turgid veins of his eyeballs whoever has done this thing is a fool or a rogue which means the same it may be so it may be otherwise we always hope for the best very likely he is innocent perhaps they are shooting at the pigeon in order to hit the crow perhaps you know best what their motives are i see no use in canvassing them you have heard i suppose the rumour that mr craddock nowell has left england i know very little about it i have nothing to do with the case or it might have been managed differently but i heard that the civil authorities being called upon to act discovered without much trouble that he had sailed under a false name in a ship called the taprobane bound directly for ceylon and that of course told against him rather heavily ah he sailed for ceylon did he a wonderful place for insects i had an uncle who died there yes ceylon where the flying foxes are not so cunning perhaps as our foxes of the forest and yet the fox is a passionate animal violent hot and hasty were you aware of that fact 
excuse me my time is valuable i will send for the gamekeeper if you wish to have light thrown upon that question or my son will be only too glad ah your son poor fellow those few short words pronounced in a tone of real feeling with no attempt at inquiry quite overcame bull garnet first extrinsic proof of that which he had so long foreseen with horror the degradation of his son he dropped his eyes which had borne till now and returned the lawyer's gaze and the sense of his own peril failed to keep the tears from moving up to this time mr chope had doubted and was even beginning to reject his shrewd and well-founded conclusion now he saw and knew everything and even he was overcome passion is infectious and lawyers are like the rest of us mr chope had loved his mother bull garnet gave one quick strange glance at the eyes of simon chope which now were turned away from him and then he looked at the ground and said yes i have wronged him bitterly simon chope drew back from him mechanically instinctively as our skin starts from cold iron in the arctic regions he could not think much less could he speak though his mind had been prepared for it to human nature it is so abhorrent to take the life of another to usurp the rights of god to stand in the presence of one who has done it touches our pulse with death we feel that he might have done it to us or that we might have done it to him and our love of ourselves is at once accelerated and staggered and then we feel that life for life is such low revenge the vendetta of a drunkard very slowly we are beginning to see the baseness of it bull garnet was the first to speak and now he spoke quite calmly you came with several purposes one of them was that i should break to sir cradock knoll these tidings of new trouble the news of the warrant which you and others have issued against his luckless son i will see to it to-day and i will try to tell him good god he does not deserve it i have watched him he is no father oh i wish you had a son chope then you could feel for me mr chope had two sons not to be freely discoursed of whom he meant to take into the office pseudonymously some day and he was rather inclined to like the poor little nullius filii first because they were his own secondly because they had big heads thirdly because they had cheated all the other boys nevertheless he was in no hurry to be confidential about them yet without his knowing it or at least with only despising it this little matter shaped its measure upon his present action the lawyer lifted his hat to bull garnet in a very peculiar manner conveying to the quick apprehension what it would not have been safe to pronounce to wit that mr chope quite understood all that had occurred that he would not act upon his discovery until he had well considered the matter for after all he had no evidence lastly that he was very sorry for mr garnet's position but would rather not shake hands with him the steward watched him walking softly among the glad young leaves and down the dell where the sunlight flashed on the merry leaps of the water long after the lawyer was out of sight bull garnet stood there watching as if the forest glades would show him the approaching destiny strong and firm as his nature was he had suffered now such wearing wearying agonies that he almost wished the weak man's wish 
to have the mastery taken from him to have the issue settled without his own decision poor craddock sailed in the taprobane what an odd name he continued with that childishness to which sometimes the overtaxed brain reverts tap taproot tap robin tush what a fool i am oh god that i could only learn whether my first duty is to you or to my children i will go in and pray in the passage he met his son and kissed his forehead gently as if to atone for the harshness with which he had sent him away father said bob shall you want me to-day or may i be from home till dark i have so many things most important things to see to bird's nests i suppose and grubs field mice and tadpoles yes my son you are wise enjoy them while you can and take your sister also for a good run if you can you may carry your dinner with you i shall do well enough oh it's no use asking pearl she never will come with me and i am sure i don't want her she does much more harm than good and she can't kill anything properly nor even blow an egg but i'll ask her as you wish it sir because i know that she won't come bull garnet had not the heart to laugh at his children's fine sense of duty towards him but he saw bob start with all his tackle in great hopes and high spirits the father looked sadly after him wondering at his enjoyment yet loving him the more perhaps for being so unlike himself and as he gazed he could not help saying to himself very likely i shall never see him thus again only look at him when he will not care to look on me yet he must know in the end and she the poor thing she must know how all my soul was on them now god in heaven lead me aright half an hour shall settle it end of chapter ten